Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products, stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent, who dreams for their child, and every child who dreams for their future. I say these words to you tonight. I am with you, I will fight for you, and I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you and good night. I love you.
What a song. What a song. Great band. Happy Monday, everybody. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since Thursday. Uh, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I hope it went accordingly. I hope it was fun. I hope it was the entire package. Uh, we had, we got uh, so many great shows last week. Um, you know, ever ever since we've been off the air since Thursday, there has been so much going on in the media. Definitely a lot to get to tonight. And I was, you know, as always, I go back and listen to the past shows. And last week's shows were amazing. You know, here we are again. And last week we just did 200 episodes. And uh, it really is um, special and amazing to see how far we've come uh, on this journey, uh, this amazing uh, adventure. Uh, You know, I I tell you, I'm just very thankful. Very thankful to everybody. Um, you know, I can't even believe I'm sitting here talking about two, we've done 200 episodes. It's crazy to me. I started this about a year and a half ago, picked up the mic one day, and it became a routine. It became something that, you know, I, I adapted to quite well, and uh, it's, <laughs> it's like robotic for me in a sense. You know, and it's, it's fun. I enjoy doing it. And everybody knows why, why I started was to defend this president, was to speak my voice. You know, you have all these people that are very intelligent shining their light on, on various platforms. So many intelligent people out there. And like I said before, I like to listen to a lot of different shows and I'll listen to like, you know, podcasts that are kind of like, uh, you know, aren't, aren't getting like, like podcasts that aren't getting as much attention. I like listening to those. Because a lot of these people are so talented, even more so than people on Fox News. And I'm like, why aren't these people being discovered? There, are, there is so much talent out there. And with my new network, like I've talked about many times, that we're, we're coming out with, there's a little bit of a delay. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have it released here in the next couple of months. But my good friend, America's Toughest Sheriff Joe Arpaio, as well as Director of Jihad Watch Robert Spencer, will be the main faces, those two guys of the network as well as many other notable people doing their own shows. And, like I said, there's so many people that are undiscovered, so I'll also have people that are undiscovered doing shows on this network. Because I want to – I really want to help as many people in this industry as possible. So many people with a camera and microphone out there that are so talented and not getting the exposure they deserve. Um, Let's see here. Like I do every episode, I want to thank all my audience. And, and by the way, guys, we will I will be announcing a lot more about the network as time gets closer. Um, I also just want to say real quick, uh, we will uh, be putting the show on a national political radio station. They're interested. They have about millions and millions. They have millions of followers. Uh, they're all over the country. You'll be able to hear me in the car. Uh, this gig I'll be starting in a couple weeks. So this thing will be sooner than the than the network that I'm putting together right now. So this new radio station that I'll be on, you'll be able to hear the Rory Sauter show in the car. You'll be able to hear millions of people all over the country. Uh, So that's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, I mean, we have a lot more planned for the show. I mean, there's a lot, lot uh, in the making, 
a lot happening. And, uh, you know, it's um, something I can't wait to share with all of you. Uh, but anyway, getting back to it, like I do every episode, I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my sponsors, and audience. You are all incredible. The show is listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media network site that's up right now, the next NEX. Gen, G-E-N, USA, dot com. And not, not to confuse anybody, but this, this Next Gen USA is different than the big network that we have coming out. So uh, much different. And so is, so is the radio station that I'll be on that has millions of followers. Just, just wanted to clear that up for everybody. So just talking about, obviously, those are all different things. Um, let's, let's, let's introduce the panel. I want to introduce here, let's see here. We have retired police chief, homicide detective, and activist Michael Valsi. Michael, how are you? Fine, Roy. Thank you uh, for asking me to come on again. It's always a pleasure. It's always good to be with you. Always good having you here. Thank you, my friend. I also would like to welcome to the show with us right now, we have retired Army paratrooper, Iraq and Afghanistan vet, activist, White House Military Office, and currently the 2020 U.S. House candidate, uh, Todd McKinley. How are you, my friend? Hey, Rory. How are you, my friend? I'm in the back of a, of a lift right now in Washington, D.C., as I told you whenever we were doing our text messaging back and forth, uh, taking a lot of meetings here in D.C., and i got to tell you, brother, we're looking forward to you being nationally recognized whenever your, your channel comes up, my friend. It'll be great, and I look forward to yeah. being a panelist moving forward as this thing uh, basically – Gains teeth, if you will. Uh, it's about time we have folks with with your basically background who's willing to go out there and fight for the president. That's going to have a national platform. So I look forward to being a a major player in that, if if at all possible. And God bless you for out there uh, sending sending uh, basically telling truth to the to the nonsensical mainstream liberal media. Can continue the fight, my good friend, and I look forward to many more years with you on the air, my friend. Thank you, my friend. Well, I appreciate your kind words, and I'm glad you can be. Along for the ride, you know, it's fun times, really fun. All right, guys. Jeez, another week, another week of the Rory Sodder Show. Time, time truly flies. This is unreal. I was just thinking about that today. How the, you know, just the fact that I'm, you know, like I said earlier, the fact I'm up up to a couple hundred episodes. You know, it's. It's unreal. In less than two years. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. All right, guys. Big, big, big stuff going on in the news. Lot to get to. I want I want to start with various things. You know, I want to just kind of recap what we missed over the weekend. Um lot going on, obviously. Um, just going to name some headlines and then going to uh, mention some of this stuff. Uh, President Trump will soon decide the 2020 refugee numbers, which is big. So we're going to find that out very soon. But I can imagine uh, those those numbers aren't going to be as big as past leaders. Actually, not even close. You know, he's taking a firm stance on immigration. He's aware that we need to help our own people before we start letting others in. I mean, we're, obviously, we're all for legal immigration, but this, this whole 
you know, abuse of the system from these countries. It's stopping. It's stopping, and it's, it, it, we're cutting it back like crazy. You know, there, there is um, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, there was a poll that just came out today. Increasing immigration, getting illegals right to vote is the most unpopular 2020 political position. Those two things, increasing immigration and giving illegals the right to vote is the most unpopular 2020 uh, political position. Think about that for a second. America's had enough. We've woken up. You know, and it's one of those things where, you know, we're back. We really are. We're back, and it feels better than ever. We have a country back. We have our signature values. We have our, our traditions being celebrated and put forth through this president. It really, it really is a beautiful thing. I mean, we're looking at everything he's done, the best economy we've ever had, lowest black unemployment, lowest Asian, lowest Hispanic, lowest female Unemployment, got the best stock market numbers, best manufacturing job numbers. You've got food stamps and welfare at an all-time low. You have more people working. You have, you have more jobs than there are people to fill them. It's amazing. It really is. And meanwhile, look at where, look at where the Democrats, look at, look at where their focus is. Race baiting, talking about problems that that aren't there, that 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 just provoke society. You know, we're seeing how every single election, every single election, the Democrats want to bring up how black people are oppressed, how all these different groups are oppressed, how white people are the enemy. You know, it's especially these last couple of elections, it's really been anti-white, you know, putting minorities in boxes, generalizing them, stereotyping them, you know, trying to give illegal aliens all this, all this attention and, and enabling them to break the law. Communism, taking other people's money and using it, using it, you know, for their supporters who are freeloaders and ignorant. I mean, it's, 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 it's unreal. It, it, it's so freaking backwards. You know, and I, I have been saying for years, we need to take care of our own people. We have our own problems. You know, and, and it, it's, and the, the, you know, I've said, I'm going to say this too. You know, with, with this whole racial tensions going on right now, you know, th- this has really been bothering me because This whole race card and this race baiting, it's out of control. It really is. You know, we have have the Democrats, for example. Uh, You know, people people like Jameel Hill, who was fired from ESPN, and she wrote an article this past weekend saying black athletes need to leave white colleges. These are the – this is the kind of division that is being spread constantly. And we have signs being put up <clears throat> around America saying white people are the enemy. Don't date white people. 
you know, it, it's it's racism at its finest, and it's the biggest double standard on earth. Because if people were saying this about black people, all hell would break loose. Look at all that's happening: the war on Christianity, the L, the LGBT community with the drag queen stuff. For instance, a church didn't want them to do drag queen story hour the other day. So somebody vandalized the church and trashed it in response. These are the kind of animals we are dealing with. We have this kind of stuff being shoved down our throat. You know, this whole LGBT ideology, you know, and they, they want to talk about how bigoted Christians are, but they're the people that want to change history. They're the ones that want to change ideology. They're the ones that don't want to respect other people's beliefs. And, you know, we had, a, we had Obama who said, you know, global warming and, and racism are the two biggest problems in America. And what did Obama do? He didn't help any of the black community. They were in the worst situation ever under his watch. And, they all, and, and he just bought a house in the biggest white area in Massachusetts, Martha's Vineyard which is right on a cliff, right on the ocean. If global warming was such a threat, the biggest threat, like they say, why would he buy a house that is at risk of, of, of rising sea level, a place that's risk of rising sea level? I'll tell you why, because it's, it's, it's bullshit. It doesn't exist, this global warming hoax that they keep pushing. The climate has been naturally changing since the beginning of time. And this, all this racism stuff, this racism, you know, this, this victim stances from the left, constantly, like it never ends, is sick. It's sick, sick stuff. They don't worry about the real problems. They worry about stuff that isn't there. And they talk about stuff that isn't there, and they convince their sheep to believe it, and then it causes all this division. You know, it, it's, I, I could go on and on and on, but if global warming was real, why, why, would, why would banks and why would all these different companies loan to water, waterfront properties, places like Florida, all these places? The answer is they wouldn't if it was such a, a huge, the biggest threat on earth. If it was a threat at all, these banks don't want to lose money. And in a way, with this whole global warming hoax, this is like something the Nazis would push. This is like something what Hitler would push to, contr- to control society. Just think about what, what global warming is. If you look you look back and you read what, what, this all, what this factors into, it has to do with the new world order. Brainwashing people and manipula- manipulating them and convincing them of just the complete, just the, the wrong facts. And I'm sick of, I'm really sick of, you know, this, this, the political correctness. You know, it's, you had a, a black leprechaun at Notre Dame and the media wants to call it racist. They want to call everything racist. But, you know, if a liberal, if a white liberal bullies a black conservative, nobody says a damn thing. But if it's a conservative bullying a liberal, then all hell breaks loose. I'm sick of the double standard. And why, if nobody is above the law, 
if nobody is above the law, like Democrats keep saying, then why do they keep enabling illegals and criminals to break the law? That's what I want to know. You know, it's, it doesn't end. This, this madness doesn't end. And it was just announced that black unemployment hits the record lo- hit, hit, hit the lowest record ever. The lowest unemployment ever. And the black and white unemployment gap shrinks to the smallest ever. Think about that. If Obama did something like this, it would be headline news. It would be headline news. You know, and it's, it's the smallest stuff, too. It, it really is. You know, we have Democrats now offended of red hats. You can't, you can't wear a red hat without them getting offended. Anything that resembles, looks close, that looks anything like a mega hat is considered offensive. That's the new thing now. And now we have all these – I mean, this has been going on, but the statues keep coming down. Stuff from hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I want to ask this. If it was so damn offensive and so racist, then why didn't the first black president take it down? Why all of a sudden now when Trump's in office? Virginia just erased the American history from the streets. The Jefferson Davis Highway is now the Richmond Highway. I mean, and this keeps happening. This is happening all over the place. And they're talking about all the wrong issues, the Democrats. You know, they're going to host Another town hall, and this time it has to do with LGBT issues. A group that makes up very few of the population, and that's pretty much what they try to make their primary focus. People that are portrayed as victims. You know, people of color, people of a different orientation. And this is what the Democrats have done for so long, and they succeeded at, is putting people in boxes. And they're the racist ones. They're the hateful ones. You know, and we, and then all this stuff keeps happening. And, and, you know, they want to say how bad Trump is. You know, it's, Trump has done more for the minorities than anyone ever has. It's, it's sick. It's sick, sick stuff. And what else are they trying to do? Take away our guns. Trying to take away our defense. Taking away anything that we have to protect ourselves. They do not want us to have a voice. They don't want us to be Americans, these, left, these left-wing nutjobs. They really don't. And I'm so sick of them bashing on our president every little thing he does. And even if he does something good, they'll make it look as bad as possible because that's what they do. This is who they are. And I, I can't get over the fact of, of, of just the evil. I can't get over the evilness. I really can't. And it doesn't end. I mean, look, look at, look, listen again where the Democrats' heads are. Open borders. Health care for all. Health care for illegal aliens. High taxes. Free health care. Free college. Free, free, free. Global warming is the biggest threat. Such a lie. All this stuff that is so backwards and does nobody any good. Medicare for all. Cattle call. It's like Southwest Airlines. It's the worst of the worst. 
not something anybody should ever have to go through. Medicare has its own problems. Getting rid of fossil fuels, carbon tax, And you guys say that you guys are going to take down all these people, like the tech companies and these corporations, but you're owned by them. They own you. Yeah, and you guys are going to say you're going to ban meat. You're going to ban cows. You're going to ban all this shit. You're going to kill babies at nine months. And you're going to keep dividing people by race and categorizing, generalizing them by who they are racially, what they look like, trying to paint them as victims, putting them in a box. It's so, so bad for America. And their latest, their latest crap that they're trying to do to frame the president and make him look bad is they're trying to say that, you know, he is, uh, you know, doing something wrong and crooked and corrupt and is in bed with the Taliban because he wanted to meet with them and call peace. There's nothing wrong with calling peace, and they're saying, oh, well, it's a couple days before 9-11. It's not smart. I think that's personally the best time to do it. Do it before that. Make peace and show the world. Show the world. I mean, you know what? Obviously, we, you know, he held them accountable because they just killed one of our men, and, you know, he called the talks off. But the fact that our president is open and willing to negotiate and hear anybody's side of the story is a blessing and a big dream come true. And considering the fact he's not owned by anybody, it should pretty much make his own decisions. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. He can make his own decisions. He doesn't have to be like these partisan politicians from the past, these presidents that were so one-dimensional and were hacks and only did stuff for their own interests. This is big. This is really, really big stuff. I want to play this clip of Trump clearing up this whole Taliban thing from earlier today. But you know what? We, we want peace. It's the same sort of thing with North Korea, Kim Jong-un. If things can go well, you know, let's do it. If things can go well with, with Taliban, let's do it. But now it's definitely out of the question, at least for a while, especially after what they did. There's no excuse for that crap. But I agree with Trump taking a stance and taking action on this and sticking up. I mean, sticking up and saying, you know, uh, let's see what you have to say. No guarantees. Sit at the table. Maybe we'll make peace. Maybe we won't. Always opening to hearing the other side, though. And not and he's not closed-minded, which is beautiful. Let's play this clip, though. Trump on the Taliban. One four. They're dead. They're dead. As far as I'm concerned, they're dead. They thought that they had to kill people in order to put themselves in a little better negotiating position. When they did that, they killed 12 people. One happened to be a great American soldier, a wonderful young man from Puerto Rico, families from Puerto Rico. And you can't do that. You can't do that with me. So they're dead as far as I'm concerned. And we've hit the Taliban harder in the last four days than they've been hitting over 10 years. So that's the way it is. Say what? No, actually, in terms of advisors, I took my own advice. I like the idea of meeting. I've met with 
a lot of bad people and a lot of good people during the course of the last almost three years. And I think meeting is a great thing. I think that meeting with, you know, you're talking about war. There are meetings with war. Otherwise, wars would never end. You'd have them go on forever. Uh, we had a meeting scheduled. Uh, it was my idea, and it was my idea to terminate it. I didn't even, I didn't discuss it with anybody else. When I heard, very simply, that they killed one of our soldiers and 12 other innocent people, I said, there's no way I'm meeting on that basis. There's no way I'm meeting. They did a mistake. And by the way, they are telling people they made a big mistake. They're saying it loud and clear that they made a big mistake, John. Well, Camp David's held meetings with a lot of people that would have been perceived as being pretty tough customers and pretty bad people. There have been plenty of so-called bad people brought up to Camp David for meetings. And uh, the alternative was the White House, and you wouldn't have been happy with that either. So Camp David would have been a good place, but I don't want to meet under circumstances where they go around and try and make themselves a little bit more important by killing a soldier, by killing actually also a great NATO soldier, in addition to our soldier, and also a total of 12 people. I don't want that. But, you know, Camp David has had many meetings that I guess people would not have considered politically correct. Yes, yeah, Steve? Well, we're looking at that, and uh, we're thinking about it. You know, as I said, we've been policemen there for a long time. And the government's going to have to take responsibility or do whatever it is they do. I've been saying from the campaign that we want to get out at the earliest possible time. Uh, we're doing a very good job. Our soldiers are incredible, but they're serving as policemen to a large extent. I just made a statement on it. Uh, yeah, we'd like to get out, but we'll get out at the right time. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, this is... I mean, we're, li we're living in crazy times right now. And I did, I did forget to mention, and I, my audience needs to know this, separate off topic, but, you know, I, I really want to know right now what's going on with all these companies. You know, NASCAR is the latest to say they're going to put a firm stance on gun control, just like Walmart, just like Walgreens. All these people are getting together, and it makes me think that there's deep state money. There's stuff going on behind closed doors. It's just it's it's crazy the, the society that we live in. It really is. Uh, let's go to uh, Michael Valsi. Michael, go ahead. Very interesting what you had to say there, Roy. You know, let's talk about guns for a minute. You know, there was an article in the Washington Post ABC article yeah. that released. And I, when, I read, when I read NASCAR shifting, I mean, I'm like NASCAR is the biggest. Well, biggest Republican, you know what I mean? It's you like know, they're my, shifting. Something's really going on. Go ahead, though. Sorry. Well, I, I, I just, you know, if you look at the poll, you can you can tell just that using common sense, it's distorted. Dana Lash really pointed out some some inconsistencies with it and showed uh, other polls that show their their numbers are are way off. Uh, you never know how they poll. The problem is they they had they put these polls out there. They talked nonstop about gun control, and they have these companies believing that a lot of people feel that way, so they do it to try to favor their business. They don't realize there's two things: people do not feel that way, the majority of people, and the sec and and the second thing is the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. 
And once you telegraph the gun-free zone uh, area, well, the criminal knows it, it's free taking there. I, and I, I don't understand why businesses haven't done a little further research. Every time they've tried these gun-free zones, they failed dramatically. But I also think this is not so much part of, uh, I think it's all part of their plan to weaken the United States. Look at their entire agenda. The president hit on a lot of it tonight, uh, the, the climate change hoax. If you go to rules for radicals, uh, they needed something to take money from the people in an attempt to weaken the United States economy, Okay. And they chose global warming is what they did. When that failed, because the earth isn't really warming, they changed it to climate change. They've, uh, they've taken money from, from people to support this hoax. They've actually had scientists murdered, scientists they couldn't get to agree with their false uh, science. Uh, and a lot of it had to do with redistribution. But all in all, the abortion issue, all of the things, if you look at it, it's to weaken the fabric of the United States. And I'm glad this president is the first president in history, probably, to call attention to these things and, and, and be able to speak directly to the American people on serious and sensitive issues. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, uh, you know, obviously I know there was a lot of things I talked about in the opening. I mean, it was a little all over the place, but just giving a bunch of different recaps. I mean, there's so much going on right now, and uh, you have some thoughts about some other stuff? Well, I think the president's doing what he can at, with what he's, what he's up against to uh, secure the border. You can only build a wall so fast. Uh, and he's got these radical judges that keep ruling against him. That slows everything down. Uh, I noticed the apprehensions are down. If the apprehensions are down, that's telling me that the people attempting to cross are down because I know the Border Patrol hasn't uh, forsaken their duties. So when right. you see those numbers down, I, I think I think that's a pretty good sign that people are starting to get the message. Once you cut off a lot of the aid uh, and you expedite the process, you know, I forget what the exact percentage was now of, of these uh, people that actually qualify for asylum. It's extremely low. It was somewhere around 4% or 5%, I believe. The rest are getting turned back once, they're, once they're, uh, their cases are heard. But that's where the backlog is. They just flooded the system. And under Obama, the system got so backlogged that they they just quit. Uh, they quit hearing cases. They just were letting everybody in. So I think right. the president has addressed that, and I think uh, he's working hard at it. As far as the uh, the Taliban is concerned, I I really think there's a deal in the works there. This president has proven to be a master at foreign policy, regardless of what the media tries to put out there. Uh, you look at the relationship with North Korea. You look at the relationship with China. Despite what you read in the media, you know, all, yeah. all the president is doing is reclaiming some of the money they've taken from us unnecessarily for many, many years, and no one ever stopped it because their goal was to weaken the United States, not strengthen it. We finally have a president in there that's not a self-appointed president by the deep state. He's uh, 
he's an American fighter. And yeah. uh, I think, uh, you know, China will come to terms when when, uh, when they can't afford anymore. Their, their economy is suffering right now. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely right. No, very very well said. I agree, 100. Um, percent We will we will be introducing here shortly, everybody, our guest Todd uh, Separati. Uh, first, though, I do want to go to um, let's go to Todd McKinley. Todd McKinley, go ahead. Hey, Rory. Hey, appreciate it. and I appreciate you you squeezing me in tonight because uh, I'm in D.C. right now for some meetings over the next couple of days. Uh, but I really like what you had to say there. I mean, honestly, what you said at the opening was true. It was a lot. Was, was I know it was true. a lot. And I just, you know, I, I get in those zones and, you know, I get on this huge rampage. But sorry, go ahead. No, no, but but it's but it's absolutely true. And and, and I'm actually where I'm standing at right now. I don't I don't want to say offhand where I'm standing, but they have several quotes that are actually in, in their dining room. And one is public opinion is everything. And the next one is government is not an exact science. And those are two things, two quotes that are actually from members of Congress. And if you think about it, you know, whenever it says public opinion is everything, to me that means as a member of the, you know, whether it be Republican or Democrat, whether you are uh, in the House or the Senate, to me that should be everything that you're actually striving for to pass legislation that your the public that you represent actually stands for. Public opinion is everything. And then the next quote that's standing next to it is uh, government is not an exact science. You know, these are quotes that are from members of Congress over the period of you know num- a number of years. The reality is, it doesn't matter if, if if Congress is an exact science or anything like that. What do your what do you the, the, those you represent, whether it be a House district or or, or a state Senate seat, uh, it, it doesn't matter. What what are the, where do those people stand? Uh, at the end of the day, are you representing their will? And, and a lot of times we find members of Congress are pushing a flawed, destructive, and evil ideology, especially the leftists that are in Congress these days. They're not, they're not enforcing the will of the people that they're supposed to represent. They're enforcing a flawed ideology that is leftism. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I can't worst, say that Republicans the Republicans are the most perfect people. But go oh, ahead. Go real, ahead. Real quick, I just, I just wanted to say real quick, and then I'll let you finish. I just wanted to say, you know, with what they're doing with race baiting and, you know, they're saying everything's racist. And you know why they do that? Because they want to keep division. They want to keep white. And black exactly. Yeah, they, I mean, 100%. they want to create. You're right. They want to create this 1960s mentality, and it's it really is sad because you know it, it's it's like now and nowadays. It, it, I I have ne- I see more black liberals that are, are racist towards white people than I see white people that are racist. So I, I think it's really. You know, it's really transformed. But go ahead. Sorry. No, no, but you're absolutely correct. They're they're forming this flawed narrative that actually doesn't exist anymore in in reality. And more than the 1960s, uh, you know, during the Jim Crow era, they're pushing more of a narrative that that existed during the 1860s, when in reality Democrats were in control of the House, the Senate, and, and of course uh, the presidency, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln. Of course, that that kind of started the the tide changing in those days. But if you, if you look at it, the Democrats were the ones who were in control up through the 1960s, especially in the House and the Senate, with the exception of, of a few occasional presidencies that were controlled by Republicans. 
Uh, but Democrats are the ones who control this, and of course, at the end of the day, they're losing out on people who are realizing what the reality is. And of course, they have to continue to push the narrative: uh, white people are bad, you know, Democrats are good. We're going to look out for your interests. But at the end of the day, they're not looking out for anybody's interests but their own, and that is to re- retain some sort of power and control in Washington D.C. And at the end of the day, no one is playing the, the identity politics, with the exception of the left, uh, which is again, like I always say, flawed, destructive, and evil. And folks yeah. like us who are trying to push the narrative of, hey, listen, we're not bad people. Uh, as Truman said, you know, the buck stops here. And that's what we're all about. The buck stops here, and we want to face up to the reality of our past. But let's move forward. What can we do in the future? How can we better America as we move forward? Not look back and say, who, who's to blame of, of something that happened in the past? But how can we make uh, tomorrow a better day? And Democrats don't want to face up to the reality of the fact that they have no, nothing for the future. Uh, the only thing that they can do is play the game of the past and, and that things were, were horrible way back 20, 100 years ago or more than that. Uh, we know that things were bad years ago, but we are going to address that, that problem. We realize it. We'll own up to it. We want to make things better for the future of America, and for people like you, they're going to try to silence your voice at every step, every step uh, that they can. And so, you know, the reality is, uh, let's all stand together. Let's admit our, our flaws of our past, but let's move forward and and let's let's put together uh, things that can can better our future as we move forward together as Americans, uh, as one nation. Uh, at the end of the day, one nation under God, in the way I look at it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I get, emo- I get emotional, by the way, Roy. I get emotional when I think about this and talk about it, so I apologize. No, you're good. I do, too. I do, too, and I know you had some points on some other thoughts. I know you had some thoughts on some of the other points, too, what, what you were going to say, a couple of things. Sorry. Yeah, so now let's think about this and what President Trump's talking about. He wanted to bring peace in the Middle East, and I, I fought and served in Afghanistan. And at the end of the day, what, 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 did, what did those people try to do? They thought, you know what, what we're going to do, we're going to kill a few Americans, and we're going to look strong whenever they come to the negotiating table. But President Trump said, you know, to hell with that. Pardon my language to your listeners. He said, to hell with that. We're not going to go back from a standpoint of weakness. We're going to push back away from the table. You know, We came to you in good faith to have a good discussion with you of what, what peace will look like, and you decided you want to try to look strong by killing Americans. He said, to hell with that. We're going to push back from the table. Uh, even though the left tried to capitalize on that, but, but President Trump re- realized that. But at the end of the day, he's like, you know what? We're not going to we're not going to stand for this. We're not going to let you look strong. We're going to push back from the table. And at the end of the day, we're going to kill a bunch of your your folks. And if you want peace, let's come to the table in good faith and have a good good real discussion of what peace looks like and moving forward on moving troops out of Afghanistan, which you know I'm I'm all for it at some point. But if you're going to kill American people on, on the back end and try to look strong, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stand for it, and President Trump's not going to stand for it. And you know, peace is going to look, look very much like this. We're going to leave, and we're going to leave a re- republic, an elective government in place where the people in Afghanistan has elected the government officials, not people like yourself, people like in the United States where we elect our government officials. We may not like them all. But we elect them, and that's what we want to see in Afghanistan. That's what President Trump wants to see, and at the end of the day, he was right to step back away from the table, and I, I appreciate him even more so, the fact that he did that. And I think we're going to see peace in the Middle East, uh, especially in the Afghanistan region, uh, look a hell of a lot better than it would be with, with say, someone, someone like Obama was in charge. And I, I'm, getting, I'm getting very emotional right now, Roy. I'm telling you, I'm very emotional at this moment, having lost many friends there. But I think President Trump was in the right, the right way of, of approaching this and saying, you know what, now is not the right time because you're not serious about it. 
well, guess what? We're going to step back from this the the from the table if you're not going to be serious about what peace looks like moving forward. And you look at all the all the cash Obama gave to Iran, and you know the media pretty much was silent about that. But Trump, you know, offers the Taliban absolutely. And everybody makes Absolutely. a huge deal out of it. It's ridiculous, the double standard. Absolutely, my friend. You're absolutely correct on that. And you, you cannot make peace with somebody who's going to kill American citizens. If, if at the end of the day you want to have a, a seat at the table, you come and you sit very quietly, and you sit on your hands. You don't kill American right. citizens that are there trying to make things better for the people in that area. You want to kill somebody? Right. Well, guess what? We're going to push back away, and we're going to kill a lot of your people. Boom. End of the story. And I appreciate President Trump for doing that. Absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. Um, let, let's go to Mike Peters, and then I will take a commercial break, and then we will introduce Todd uh, Separati. Uh, but Mike Peters, go ahead. Um, how you doing, Rory? I have no doubt that there's going to be a, an answer to this, uh, to what the Taliban, to what they did. I think there, that there's going to be a swift answer. We're not, probably not going to hear about it in the media right away, but I have no doubt right now the order's already been given to start cleaning them out and uh, revenge. Because uh, that's how that side of the world works. And good for them. And I hope he does it. And I don't even care if we don't hear the exact details, but I think we're going to see the results of the details. We're going to see all of a sudden that the Taliban's going to be asking to come back to the table and behaving themselves. Because it's time to learn a lesson. Because that macho attitude that's prevalent in the Middle East, that's how they think things get done. Well, they have to learn that they're not dealing with a typical politician or Trump's not going to play that game. And that's going to cost them a lot more than what it cost us. That's what I think. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. I agree with you. What are your, before we go to a commercial, what are your thoughts on NASCAR uh, shifting the gun control? Well, as you know, I'm very active with the Second Amendment groups back here uh, in New York, which is hard enough. We have, we're, I mean, especially where we are, because we're about half hour, 45 minutes north, north of Mordor, uh, New York City. So we're surrounded by that attitude. But that mentality, these people, are, they're kidding themselves. They think that their numbers, that they're numerically superior to us, that they have the majority, and they don't. The only thing they do have is the podium and the microphone. And they keep discounting the silent majority that's out there. And they've learned a lesson when Trump is elected. And they're going to learn another lesson. A lot of people learn lessons. And uh, they're not going to be happy with the results. Just the, the same thing that happened uh, with many of these corporations when they try playing these games and they lose millions. Like Gillette, a perfect example. Gillette tried playing that game. They were, they're going to get involved in uh, social issue, issues and they're going to teach us. And how many millions did they lose? Exactly. A lot. Yeah, they lost. They lost yeah. a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. 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 Very well said. Thanks. Um. All right, everybody. We'll take a quick commercial, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love, like chicken, shrimp, and cheese, just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey flat iron steak and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only ten dollars. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday, the home of endless apps. Endless apps every night, 9 p.m. to close. 
she's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people had changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you missed any past clips, past episodes, or any 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, thenexgenusa.com. Also remember, in the coming weeks, I will be on a national political radio station that will be reaching millions and millions of people. I can't wait to share that with all of you. That'll be towards the end of September. That'll be like in the last week of September. I'll be starting that. And then within a few months, we will be releasing the 24-7 network with many notable names doing their own shows, as well as my good friend, America's Tough Sheriff Joe Arpaio, as well as Director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, those two guys being the main faces of the site, of the network. So very excited. We'll keep, keep you up to date, all that stuff. And I have a lot more announcements coming this week, so stay tuned. Now, I do want to welcome to the show, actually, before I do that, um, Todd, Todd McKinley, I, I understand you got to go. Uh, pl- plug your stuff. Um, tell everybody where they can find you, all that good stuff, connect with you. Yeah, hey, Roy. Roy, I appreciate it. Now, like I said, I have a lot of meetings here in D.C. the next couple of days. Uh, but you can find okay. me uh, on Twitter, Todd for House, and that's T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C. Uh, you know, our Facebook page is getting ready to come back up, but we're not back up on that one yet, so I won't really plug that one. But if you have any questions, any thoughts, or want to check out the website, it's toddforhouse.com, T-O-D-D, the number four, H-O-U-S-C.com. Again, we've not formally announced our candidacy, but we're we're still filling everything out. And once I do, I will be back on the show, uh, without a doubt. You know, ready to rock and roll as a full full fledged candidate. But we're still talking to a lot of people in a lot of different groups and figuring out uh, our way forward. But Rory, I got to tell you, man, your platform, what you're talking about, the things that you're you're advocating for, it's in the right vein, my friend. And you know, once you once you launch on your new platform, I got to say, brother, you're going to be on on the right track to 
you know, whether it's riches or whatever it is, you're going to be on the right path, my friend. And keep up the good fight, brother. God bless you, and I appreciate everything you do. All right. We'll have you back soon. Thank you. Thanks, Rory. God bless. Absolutely. I do want to welcome to the show Harvard Business School grad, political consultant, public speaker, co-founder of the Feed Me app, and best-selling author, Todd Sephirati. Is that how I pronounce it? Sephirati, that's correct. Perfect. Todd, welcome to the show. Uh, I love your work. Uh, You're a very talented guy. Uh, your first time on the show, so please tell us a little bit about yourself. Kind of give us a bio, how it all started for you, all the different chapters you've been through in life. I uh, always like to get a lot of details and info about my guests. Yeah, sure. It's a good night to be a Todd on your show, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. I, I, uh, you know, there's probably like, there was like three Todds on the line, so I had to kind of use last names. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know how long your show is, but uh my age, you know, uh, it would take you a while to go through all my escapades, but uh, I'll give you the quick tour of the last maybe uh, eight years or so, which is most of my political stuff. You know, I always kind of announce myself, really, I'm just a dad from Gilbert, Arizona that kind of got uh, drawn into politics, not not out of choice, but out of need back in, in 2009. I, I, yeah, you mentioned Harvard Business School, and, and I'm, my background is actually in marketing and finance, and I was in the mortgage industry for many years before and during the meltdown that we all experienced back in the 2007 and 8 period and so forth. But back in 2009... I was sitting on the couch, and the flashpoint for me was uh, not so much when Obama was elected. I mean, both sides, candidates get elected, they come and go. But I'd never seen where someone got elected and policies started getting shoved down the American people's throats against the will of the American people. If you remember Obamacare, you know, even Democrats were voting against that, and, and they used all kinds of trickery uh, in the Senate through reconciliation and so forth, and they shoved that, uh, which still is just a debilitating policy down our throats, and it kind of set an alarm off on my head. So that was kind of the beginning of the Tea Party movement that you recall. And being a digital and a marketing guy, I sat on the sofa one day, and I I said, well, what can I do? I'm I'm a citizen. Our politicians aren't doing anything, uh, and I see our country in serious peril. So I decided I, I would take the Tea Party in a digital direction and started the TeaParty.net, which organically grew to 8 to 10 million people pretty quickly on Facebook and social media. And I really didn't have any background in nonprofits or whatever, but I just let God guide me. And uh, we had just people coming through the woodworks. Uh, people just started donating $5, $10, and we just used that money to grow the TeaParty.net. And after that, we took it and we said, well, we got to go to Washington and try to fight for the people. So we kind of learned a lot of lessons there, but uh, a lot of things, uh, a lot of, a lot of things you'd be surprised or maybe not surprised of. I've probably met every at least on the Republican side, every senator and congressman, and most would, would take our meetings, but just why things don't get accomplished in Washington. And, and uh, 
you know, a lot of eye opening there and, and kind of our exposure to the deep state. So that took me to, well, I've got to, I, I can't get a whole lot uh, solved in Washington. So how can I get information out to the people that's not getting in, in the mainstream media? So we started Tea Party News Network and we used our Facebook platform to get we wrote stories and you know we got on drudge and rush limbaugh talked about i mean it, we hired just kind of grassroots writers and it, it just took off you know, people were just hungry for this kind of honest content conservative content and we started getting about two million page views a day which is pretty large and that was really driven by our facebook audience back when the algorithms let people get the content that they chose to follow. So back in 2015, uh, and I, I still believe we were the first targeted by, literally targeted by Facebook. We were one of the ones targeted by the IRS. I had to go through all kinds of uh, legal action. We actually were going to sue the IRS because they wouldn't give us our 501c4 and that Obama scandal. We were part of the groups that, that uh, Lois Lerner targeted, if you remember that. Um, did a press conference out at the Capitol with Michelle Bachman and Ted Cruz and Mitch McConnell. And uh, that was way back in, ooh, what was it, 11 or 12 or 13, something like that. Anyway, so overnight, literally in late February 2015, so when you when you get traffic on a website and then they, they watch or they read your stories, um, that's how you monetize it. That's how you run your business. You have ads on there, and you don't require people to, you know, pay to join or anything like that. Uh, literally, well, typically we had anywhere from 12 to 20,000 people on our site at any given time, and we could see that through something called Google Analytics. And I woke up one Sunday morning, and that 20,000 dropped to 900. Basically, it, we were thrown off a cliff by Facebook. And we had reps over there, and we tried to contact them, and they, they denied it and still deny it to this day that they had anything to do with it. But if that's where our traffic was coming from, well, we were the first because a lot of the other publishers and so forth, no one had experienced what we were going through. But little by little, as we all know, uh, most of the, the smaller conservative kind of grassroots media have been pushed out, either gone out of business or are barely running uh, sites like, you know, Right Wing News and Alan West and Sarah Palin, these these uh, conservative, uh, comical conservative, IJ Review, these have all been crushed by Facebook. And uh, I work at a company now called Liftable Media, which they own Western Journal. They were in the top uh, oh, 50 webs of all websites in America and they've lost over 90% of their Facebook traffic in the past two years. So now that leads me to the book, which is the reason you're having me on. So the book kind of came from, it wasn't really just something I was decided to do. Floyd Brown, who's the chairman of Liftable Media and, and Conservative Tribune and Western Journal, we joined forces and, and, we were actually, uh, since we know a lot of the members in Washington, we were asked to come up with data and provide them with data. If you recall, the meetings, the interviews they had with Zuckerberg, and they invited Google, which Google didn't show at the time, and they later invited Jack Dorsey, and they wanted us to give them hard data to 
come at these people with this is look you're censoring you're doing this you're doing that and so we did and we were even shocked at what we found and we provided that to them if you go back and search youtube you'll see all of our western journal charts all over in zuckerberg just denying everything and uh so we decided with all this data that we needed to get the information to the people we decided to write big tech tyrants which has been about a year and a half in the making and uh it's just i mean I, I, the next volume is going to have to come out soon because every day if you check drudge i'm looking at drudge right now two new stories that i hadn't even seen today that, which is good because a lot of our messages getting out that there's there's 50 attorney generals filing antitrust suits against Google. There is activity out there that, you know, the, trying to take action against big tech, but it's so vast. And you've got Google doing their thing on one end, you've got Facebook, and then you've got them at, also acting as a cartel uh, when they really want to push someone off, like Alex Jones or Laura Loomer or Milo Yiannopoulos, then they go for the jug, jugular. They demonetize you and they literally crush you and crush your business. So this is where the book is. It's, it's, it's out there to try to, you know, I think people are just, it's just that old, you know, saying that, you know, uh, first they came for my neighbor and then I didn't do anything and pretty soon they're going to come for me. And a lot of people just don't see the seriousness of what's going on with big tech. And it's on both sides. If you know, if you've watched the news, even today, another story I just found is Senator Warren, and for different issues, they they don't care about the censorship part. Uh, they like that part, but uh, they don't like the the data privacy issues that big tech is doing, and they're started starting to get hit with a lot of the same issues. So, it's a really big issue. Rush Limbaugh uh, a few weeks ago said it was the the biggest issue of our lifetime and the most dangerous issue of our lifetimes that we're having to deal with. And I agree with them. And it seems melodramatic or overdramatic, but it's not because you, you, a lot of people don't realize the power that big tech yields and the, the vast wealth that they've accumulated. And they have data on all of this. It's George Orwell, 1984 on steroids. So anyway, that's, that's where I am now and fighting this fight. However we can to get information out to people so we can uh, we can stop this before it, it gets too bad. Yeah, and wow, uh, you know we we talk about on this show all the time the dangers of tech censoring and how this has become a terrible epidemic and threat in our society. I mean, look at look at what we're dealing with and look at how people live their day to day lives. Pretty much everything everybody does is on social media. I don't see anybody reading the newspaper anymore as much. Most people get their news from online. Most people do all their business stuff online on these platforms. And look at, look at companies like Facebook. I mean, a company like Facebook, there's everything you ever, ever want or need on Facebook. And since so many people are on there and that's how people live their lives and people communicate, it's it becomes like the norm and people get so comfortable in that certain zone. And then what happens is, you know, that they, they forget or, or they simply, you know, uh, space out from the fact that these companies, uh, they, they, they are, you know, 
watching your every move. They're, 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 they're taking your information. They're banning you based on your beliefs. They're, they're doing all of this crap. They're spreading fake news every second. And that's the scariest part because there's people that will share any article on social media without checking their sources. That is, and so many people are naive and gullible. And I would say there's more naive and gullible people than there are people that actually, you know, check their facts. There's, there are so many ignorant people in our country. And that's on both sides of the spectrum. I hate to say it, but it really is. Like, and I wish people were more awake because you, you bring up the best point here. Big tech has the authority pretty much over everything in our society. Look at, look at how much power they have. I mean, look at it. I mean, there, there isn't anything that they don't have power over. They're involved with our government. They're involved with all these high-profile individuals that give them all this money. I mean, what, am I right, though? Well, first you have to realize they don't look at themselves as an American company. They look at themselves right. as a country. Right. Uh, yeah. the, the, they've got the GDP higher than a lot of co- countries out there. You know, we got Apple over a trillion and, and Google. And, you know, we all saw what, which, what really should make everyone, everyone's spine chill, even if you're on yeah. the left, if you're intellectually honest, is the video yeah. of Google executives crying, literally crying at a with meeting the day after Trump won. And, the, and now with the, the Project Veritas, James O'Keefe exposure and the, 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 the insiders that are coming out, that they really a lot of this thing is on steroids because of one single thing, Trump won. And right. they, they vow to not let that happen again. And they're, they, they're, they know that they've been caught and they don't care. They think their corporate lawyers can weasel them out of it and that they're worth so much money and people need their – their uh, their content and their platform so much, you know, their their arrogance. Yeah. You know what's that old that's that old Star Wars line about your arrogance or your overconfidence is your weakness. I mean that's kind of where they're at right now. But they they don't view themselves and and they're doing things to make sure that the U.S. government can't do anything to them. Meaning they're building massive servers in places like China. Can you imagine our da- our data? in the hands of infrastructure in China uh, where they, you know, they, they have, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a link into everything that the people are doing. They're going to put our data in China there. You know, that's why these, these people are building rocket ships. I mean, they're acting like governments. They're not acting like companies. So, um, and, you know, you, you mentioned in some, some of your, your earlier segments um, about, Second Amendment and where that's going. I mean, a lot of that's tied into big tech. And the re, you know, I have my own theory. Because look, yeah, at, go ahead. yeah, you're absolutely right. Look at how much influence they have over all these companies that are now taking stances on gun control. I mean, the you know, well, it's crazy. You ha- you have to you have to give credit to the and not even credit to the that's good, but understand the strengths of your your enemies or whatever you want to call them. And the re- the way, in my view, they're getting this, these Second Amendment things and how they've successfully got people like Bill O'Reilly off the air and how they've gone after Fox personalities. So they've got Media Matters and Southern Poverty Law Center hitting these sponsors. So you've got NASCAR, you've got Walmart, you've got Dick's Sporting Goods. 
sponsors are everything to them. So when they're when these they they've got masses of people using digital technology, using bots to just pound these people with. If you don't get rid of your guns, we're gonna boycott and we're gonna do this and we're gonna call out. This is what's happening with. So it's not some shift in. You know, uh, all of a sudden, these companies just decide they want to start regulating guns. They, this is the the kind of pressure that they're using big tech and these these left wing entities to go after them, and that's why you're seeing companies you'd never imagine in a million years um, that are doing this kind of stuff. And it's it it really goes down to the bottom line and their dollar and the sponsors, and that's that's what they're hitting. And that's their weakness. And even you, you, we've all seen it on Fox. That's that's how Fox is. We've seen Hannity suspended, Laura Ingram suspended, Tucker Carlson. This is all done through their sponsors and and these these groups that target them. And these, you know, the the left always talks about how corporations are right wing. No, they're not. These CEOs are almost ninety percent left wing, and uh, because. You know they they're in cahoots with with uh, the deep state and they have big lobbyists and keeping them happy on on uh, Capitol Hill so they can you know this is this is what they want and you just have to understand that they're using the big tech tool to get all this stuff. Yeah, well, and you look at um, all these foreign entities that they take money from. I mean, look at all the money Facebook and Google and all these companies take from these foreign powers. And they use that, and they use those funds in the worst way possible. Can you speak a little on that? Well, yeah. I mean, look at, uh, look at for, you know, the, the coming attractions, which is they've already gone into Germany and China and negotiated agreements to literally censor the people in those countries per the government's guidelines. So Facebook has has agreements with, in Germany and, and I, I think other countries now. So if you don't think that's coming this direction, I mean, it, it already is. They, they use this new term the left invented called, air quotes, hate speech, which is a subjective term that they get to determine what it is. So that's right. how they're, they're pushing us it, all off. Usually, correct me if I'm wrong, when they – when they when they use that term hate speech, it what it really means is speech that they simply disagree with or stuff that they don't want other people to see. That is probably the truth, correct? That's stuff they know that's effective because we all know anyone. I've been in several debates with people on the left, and they can't win the debate on facts and logic. They're, they win their, yeah, I've always their said, constituents. I've always said they're feelings over facts. They care more about feelings than they do about facts. Right. So they know our facts can't be refuted. So the only way they see Trump get elected, they think, oh, my gosh, we had the deep state on our side. We had the media on our side. You know, we have our voting blocks that are loyal on our side, and Trump still won. Oh, my gosh. The social media thing enabled conservatives to get Trump elected, so that's why they're in a panic over over uh, social media. And but I think the next thing we need to talk about, which is again what I just mentioned in a, the CNBC story today, is what do we do about it? I mean, it, it's one thing to to talk about it, and you know, even Trump himself is 
on top of this, uh, we've we've met with uh, people at the White House on it, but you know they're limited on what the executive branch can do. They can only do so much. So we've come up with things not to do, and and things that we think to do. Because what the left wants you to do, and even Zuckerberg has said, regulate us. They want it to go to Congress. They want this to go to deep state because they've got the, the lawyers and the money to to create these regulations. The the left bureaucrats in the deep state will administer it, which means Facebook and Twitter will even be stronger, and Google and and Amazon and and you name it. Uh, we so our our uh, action or our recommendation is the opposite. We want to take them out of government. We want to deregulate them and let the free market fix it. And the, the two ways, which the one I just mentioned in the CNBC story, we've got to get attorney generals. And, and we have a petition at BigTechTyrants.com that's going to you know, the uh, the attorney general of the United States to to go after big tech, not only with antitrust, and that's the one you see everywhere. Break them up as monopoly. Yes, we agree. They're, they've they're, they're, they've definitely done actions that are breaking antitrust laws. But there's another really important area that they got to go after them, which is a, a lesser known thing called Section 230. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's it's a federal statute that protects these and these big tech entities. So like it it was designed for like communication platforms. So think of like AT&T, you're making a, a call to another person, say one bad guy calls another bad guy and something bad happens. Well, under Section 230, AT&T can't be sued because the, the two bad guys use the AT&T line. So, so Facebook, Twitter, all, Google, they're all protected under 230. So you and I can't go after them if, if there's libelous content on their platform. But see, that those Section 230 is only supposed to be for communication platforms, public forums. It's not supposed. It's it's not designed for publishers. If you want to be a publisher, you can censor, you can create your content, decide what it is all day and all night. But you're open up to litigation. As a, a protected under Section 230, you're not. So we need to challenge them on Section 230 uh, and and pull them off of that. And I know it's their Achilles heel. I had a pretty heated debate with their main lobbyist in D.C. about two months ago at our press conference of the book launching, and he's like, if you go after, if you go after Section 230, you'll ruin the whole uh, social media whatever for everyone. And I'm like, okay, now we're on to something. And, and what it does is it lets the free market fix itself. So you take them out of that, you make them transparent, you break them up, and then let companies like Gab and Parler, we've got our own, you mentioned it earlier, we, you know, we're not whining, we started an application called feedme.app, which is an aggregating site so people can join it and still get all their their news and social content merged into a super feed, and, you know, whether it's ours or somebody else's, you know, Google shut down MySpace, I mean, uh, Facebook shut down MySpace literally overnight with a better mousetrap. So again, their arrogance, their overconfidence is their weakness. This is how we level the playing field and go after big tech is we have to take them down through antitrust, monopoly viol violations, and then more importantly, I think, is Section 230. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. No, I, and I love everything you're saying. And, you know, please uh, explain to the audience, and I think everybody 
wants to know details about this because there has been rumors and there even has been some facts proven that uh, with the 2016 election, there were a lot of tech votes. Uh, I mean, like with, with the tech, with with the tech systems, with these platforms, they they steered a lot of votes in Hillary Clinton's direction, and she still lost. But th- it was definitely in her favor. Can you speak a little bit on that? Oh yeah, good, great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, Dr. Robert Epstein, who's actually a liberal Democrat and voted for Hillary, was brought before Ted Cruz and the Senate Judiciary Committee to testify on. He's a, a forensic digital analyst. Means you know he studies algorithms. He's an expert on this stuff, and he professed to look. I'm not. I'm not a conservative. I'm. I'm not even neutral. I voted for Hillary. And I, I, but I'm also, a, you know, a free, you know, free speech, liberty person, that, a classic liberal. And what he found in 2016 was that Wait, anywhere are, from you five. You were saying what he is he, or what you are? What he, he, what? He, oh, he. Okay. Yeah, maybe I misspoke. He. Now I'm a true conservative, and um, and so he found. And a lot of it is stealth, meaning these algorithms are programmed to where you you can't go back and check it. It's it, it kind of erases itself. And I'm not an algorithm expert, but basically, between five and twelve million vote, vote undecided voters were steered towards Hillary in the 2016 election. Now, this is an election the left thought they were going to win in a landslide. So you can imagine now that they lost, what they're planning to do in in 2020 and we we already have seen signs of it because part of our study that we provided to the hill and the white house showed the suppression of not just conservative media but uh republican members and the difference between that and and democrats and part of our our uh function at liftable is we worked with a lot of conservative candidates and helping them get their message out in their districts and we could geo target and so forth. So if you remember the out, the Alabama special election, um, that, uh, that Republicans lost, which Alabama is about as red as it comes and how shocked everyone was. Well, we went in, we were running ads in that special election and, and pushing out content. And by Facebook's own metrics, because you, you get it right from Facebook, so you're not using a third-party source, they literally cut off our reach two weeks before the election. So we couldn't push out that content to that audience two weeks before that special election, and we all know what happened. So uh, I, I used to live in a district, very red district in Southern California, Newport Beach, uh, Orange County area. They flipped six of those districts to blue in one, in one term. And I, I can tell you right now that that district is not blue. Um, exactly. So this is, this my is sister, what my they're sister doing. Lives in Newport, my sister lives in Newport Beach, and she was talking about that, how there's no way in hell that was an honest, uh, straight election. That was totally crooked. Right. So, again, you can imagine – well not even imagine it's it's come out in the project veritas and the 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 google insiders that they i've got some quotes here um from the project veritas from the from the leaker the insider that quit google so he says google is bent on never letting someone like donald trump come to power again that's what an insider said the head of responsible innovation at google said elizabeth warren is misguided on breaking up google 
Google exec says, don't break us up. Smaller companies don't have the resources to prevent next Trump situation. Uh, Insider says, PragerU, who's suing Google, content, content suppressed, targeted as air quotes, right wing. This is coming, this is on Google memos and computers. This is not like just kind of speculating. This is actual stuff that's come out in the project. I encourage your listeners to to don't use Google. Go to uh, uh, one of the other search engines and um, search for um, a lot of, for the Project Veritas exposure of of Google and the insider stuff that's come out. So if you think 2016 was bad, uh, just wait in what's coming and with some of these these um, states being very close, you know, the, the left is big on saying, oh, well, we, we won the, the popular vote by 3 million. Well, no, you didn't. If if the Dr. Epstein is correct and, and his forensics are correct, um, there was 5 to 12 million votes swayed in the direction of Hillary of undecided voters. So do the math and you can see where the popular vote was in 16. So... Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to affect the elections, but again, we could take up hours and hours of your show, and, and again, I'm going to probably have to come out with a second edition because so much has happened since the first edition has come out um, that it just keeps happening, and it, we're literally at a war with big tech, and uh, you know, no, no one other than the United States has the, the power and the ability to stop them in their tracks. Uh, and if we don't do something now, it's it'll it'll never get done, and we're going to be living in basically a world that's run by four or five big tech countries. I call them. So let, let me ask you this: Is there anything the president can do to stop these people? And that's what I keep asking myself: Can he put? Can he do anything? Can he put anything into law or any regulations up there? You know that would not make him look like a dictator. Could could he do this in a way that would would you know make it look? I mean, I know obviously his heart's in the right place and he would do it to help us. But a lot of people would try to call him a dictator, depending on what kind of law he would put forth. But I'm wondering if there's a way to to monitor this sort of thing. And I mean, we're seeing it every day. People's livelihoods are being taken away on these platforms. You see Alex Jones getting banned. You see uh, Steven Crowder, um, Gavin McGinnis, some of the biggest conservative names, and it's simply because these people don't agree with their ideology. It's nothing other than that. And I heard rumors that credit card companies and bank companies are all going to be tied into tech in the future, meaning these companies could refuse you bank accounts or credit cards based on your political beliefs. So, I mean, we're, we're really running into a – yeah. We're running in, yeah, this is scary, scary stuff, but obviously well, I want you to speak on that because you probably know that this is what it's coming to, refusing bank accounts, even refusing certain purchases, could be a car, could be anything. I mean, this is this is what it's getting to, right? <laughs> coming, it's already happened. So um, if you've heard of Laura Loomer, who's a pretty feisty yes, conservative, okay, so she's She's one of the fam more famous ones to be banned on Twitter. But uh, I know Laura, and, and I know I have all the information on stuff that, that hasn't hit the media. They've literally squashed her out of the media. Now, it started literally over a 
fairly benign Twitter post over Ilan Omar, which now everyone <laughs> sees what Congressman Omar is all about and her anti-Semitic comments and positions and so forth. But all she said on a Twitter post was, it's ironic that the Democrats support someone like Ilan Omar, who supports Sharia law, and Sharia right. law discriminates against women and, and homosexuals. And yeah. uh, she was banned for, banned for that. Now, you, you mentioned banks. So this it didn't stop with that. So Laura Loomer's hey, personality, yeah. she went, well, yeah, way more. So she went down to the Twitter headquarters. She, she fights back. She's like a 25-year-old girl that's not funded by anyone, but she fights back. She goes down to Twitter, chains herself to the front door in Manhattan, trends number one on Twitter the day after she gets banned, and, and their stock dropped by 8%, which is a lesson to all of us that one, one person does matter in fighting back. So listen to what's happened. This is the big tech cartel in action. So she didn't do anything beyond that. So literally Facebook and Instagram followed suit within weeks. They banned Laura. They didn't specify why. Then she goes to, to get lunch one day, and they declined her debit card at Chase Bank. And sure enough, it, it's not coming. It, it happened with Laura Loomer. They, they suspended her account at Chase. She couldn't get money out. Now she went public with it, and and they reinstated it, but it happened. Uh, Uber banned her. She can't take an Uber ride because Uber banned She can't order a sandwich on Uber Eats. Um, PayPal, like you said, and then like you said before, was, this is how they're getting with the demonetization, with PragerU, everyone's website. Alex Jones has to sell vitamins just you know, to make ends meet. But this is go, what, what you just said. Think of Amazon. Okay, look at how they put yeah. So many companies out of business. Now, if right. Amazon, let's say Rory Wait. Souter decides to start a golf ball company. Right. But you have to get your supplies through Amazon because they put everyone right. out of business. Well, they decide right. they that Rory be... is not, yeah. not on our team. They have every right under their terms of service. They can just right. kick you off and you can't ever buy on Amazon anymore. So and I'm, look, I'm, this look, is, I'm looking at it like this. I mean, it's very simple. They want to be the most powerful people in the world, and they want to leave everybody else at the very bottom of the barrel and control them. It's very simple. Yeah, it's the king. You know, the kings and queens. That's what that's what you know. Socialism and communism is all about. You have the the serfs, and then you have the few elites at the top that control all the serfs, and and that's that's what that's exactly what they want, and. Um, but you know, the only way we're going to fix this, you, you said, how do we do it? How does, what does Trump, Trump do? Doing no, it. don't regulate. Don't regulate. Please don't regulate. The way okay. is to deregulate, which is go after them as a monopoly, break them up, break up, break up Facebook and Instagram. If you broke up those two, if you broke up YouTube, pulled YouTube out of Google and, uh, some of their other entities that they own, could that, that'll reduce yeah. their, their monopoly right. power that they have. And then what Trump can do is encourage his attorney general uh, at the Department of Justice to go after them with Section 230 and challenge them on right. their Section 230 protections. That opens it up to the free market. Then, Rory, it's up to you and me and everyone out there 
to come up with a better mousetrap, and that's how we fix this in the long run. No government regulation is ever going to be on the side of freedom and and the free market. Uh, That is exactly the wrong thing to do is to try to get some – some, whether it's executive branch or through the through the legislative process, because it just goes in the deep state's hands, and and big tech would love nothing else than that, for that to happen, uh, because they control the lobbyists. And let me tell you something: if you think it's just Democrats that are being donated to by big tech, you got a big thing coming. Uh, in our right. visits to the Hill, I was shocked, shocked at oh, yeah. what members uh, are like. Oh no, we don't. Senator Mike Lee, no, no, we don't. There's no problem there. Let 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 the free market fix itself. No problem. Senator Mike Lee, he's probably one of the most conservative. I mean, give me a break. Uh, the, we can't rely on our members, our legislative members, to fix this. We we have to fix it, and the people have to start using these platforms. And they have again sign our petition. It's it's making you know it's making a difference. BigTechTyrants.com, there's no charge, just sign it, and we're, we're fighting, uh, we're going and, and meeting with yeah. members and the Attorney General, and um, uh, this is the way that we fight it, and I'm just, I'm thankful to see yeah. that, again, the story today says 50 Attorney Generals are now probing antitrust suits against Google, so that's a great start. And it's just so wrong, you know. I, you know, I know people become politicians to get rich. I get it, but it's so wrong how the whole definition of we the people has disappeared. I mean, it really has. You have all these people so out for themselves. And you know, I want to ask you: if Trump and Barr decided to break these people up, how how would they legally be able to do that when when you know they made these transactions and financially own these stuff? Like, I'm just wondering how they would break them up when. Uh, what, what would they have to do? How would that go about? Well, as I explained to you before, I'm not, you know, I'm not an antitrust attorney, but you know, I was an econ major at UCLA, and and I did study monopolies, and this is classic monopoly activities. So you've got antitrust violations, which means basically they've created such an infrastructure that no one else can compete. So when companies like Instagram come into the market. What monopolies do is, you know, they throw five billion at them and buy them up. So there goes, there goes that competition. Google buys YouTube. You know, that be, Google was becoming a big search engine. It was the second biggest search engine to Google. So Google didn't want that. They didn't want any competition in the search engine arena. So they buy YouTube. Uh, so antitrust, you can break them up. You can legally do it. I'm, I'm fairly confident with the attorneys. I, I spoke to Ken Cuccinelli about it. He he was at our press conference. He's on top of it. Uh, we're fairly confident that in the anti, you know antitrust arena that this if you've got 50 attorney generals probing them now for antitrust, you can bet that they've got good cases because they don't file things that they think they're going to lose. But the the lesser known thing, which I think is the more important, again, is that Section 230 Community and Decency Act, which is if we go to court and we get we get the courts to say they, they cannot legally protect them, shield themselves under Section 230. It opens them up to thousands of lawsuits on liability. So they have two choices. They stop censoring, and they become transparent in their algorithms, and they can stay as a, as a communication platform like AT&T or Verizon and be under Section 230. 
or they have to declare themselves as a publisher if they're going to censor people with hate speech or whatever they want to call it by their own guidelines. But then it's going to open themselves up to so many thousands of lawsuits on content that I don't think they'll ever go down that road because it would it would crush them. Even as big as they are, it would be the David and Goliath moment for them. So if we can get those two things, it it will bring them in to level the playing field. So the free market, then the people have to allow, have to be innovative. Again, we've spent $2 million on Feed Me app of our own money. We're trying to help save our country. We we want other people to come up with your version. Something, the, the new Facebook that crushed MySpace is out there. We believe Feed Me can can be that we're very happy with the platform it's in beta right now and it's it'll be released in a few weeks uh it's on ios and android um but come up with your own version and then start using these platforms gab and parlor and that's how david can crush goliath and uh by doing those two things in court and you know we, we might get a liberal judge and it might not work but Trust me, there's no other way to do this. You've got the pre- – believe me, the president and his son are as supportive on this as they could possibly be. But it just shows yeah. how limited even the president and the executive branch is. And you know what really you know what really bothers me is how ungrateful platforms like Twitter are. I mean, think about this. Ever since President Trump – announced his candidacy for president back in 2015, you've had so many people sign up for Twitter just so they can follow the president. We're talking millions and millions of people, people in their 80s, 90s, like people you would never even think or would have never got Twitter ever in their life, but since they want to follow the president and hear the real news and hear the truth and you know be up to date, they signed up for an account. And it bothers me how these platforms like Twitter don't give credit to these sort of situations. I mean, think about it. You have millions and millions of more people now on Twitter, whether they like Trump or not, following him and interacting with his account on a regular basis. He's by far the most prolific uh, and powerful uh, user on that platform. There's no doubt about it. And his value is, I mean, it's profound. It's unexplainable what he's done for these these tech companies. Do you agree? Not just Twitter. CNN wouldn't even exist without covering Trump, albeit negatively. Trump is the news. The only reason CNN exists is because the airports, they got that big deal with the airports. For every time you go to an airport, you have to watch it because they got a contract with them. It's ridiculous. Go ahead. Sorry, though. No, no, not even that, which which brings me to – no, one reason they're existing is – so Liftable, Western Journal, we were the number 14th ranked uh, news content website in the country prior to Facebook changing their algorithm and pushing us out in the last two years. So CNN was down like 50th, okay? So the day they changed their – the day, and we have the data on this. This is part of what we gave Congress. The day they changed the algorithm, we went – we shot down to – Oh gosh, in the 40s, and CNN went from like the low 40s all the way up to number one on Facebook. So not only are they pushing us out, they're helping Facebook and they're helping 
uh, MS, you know, NBC and and Politico and and all the the left leaning ones, they're they're pushing us out, pushing them up, and, and those you know that they're not popular because when you go and broadcast media, they don't get good ratings. So how can CNN be number one on Facebook when it's crashing and burning on broadcast? Well, it's because Facebook is pushing them there. They're pushing their content in people's you know feeds and and that's part of the deal so um you know we can sit there and whine about it it's not going to change the people were kidding them you know, people told me oh facebook will never do you know you want to hear how how demented it is is they don't their ideology has more value to them than their bottom line even cnn facebook lost a tremendous amount of money pushing these conservative sites off because it was so engaging to our audience. They, they want engagement and that's how they sell ads. Well, they knew they were going to take a loss by pushing us out. They did it anyway because their ideology is more important to them than even their own bottom line. CNN, CNN could, could get an audience tomorrow, just become truly a regular news site. No, you don't have to be conservative. Don't be liberal. Be a true, just reportive, news organization that's that's unbiased and their audience would would skyrocket well they won't do it because their ideology is more important to them zucker um and uh time warner and all those uh, they're left wing they they don't want their ideology matt you know the new york times is you know the failing new york times they won't change their ideology because it's more important to them than their bottom line and that's that's what you have to recognize and we could sit there and whine about it, but as a tea party, an old tea party guy and a fighter, again, I'm just, a, like I said, a dad from Gilbert, Arizona. I'm a citizen, though, and this country was founded by a bunch of regular citizens, and the only way it's going to be saved is not by our politicians, not even the president. It's great to have him. It's going to be saved by you and, and myself and everyone else out there, and everyone out there can be a Laura Loomer or a Rory or a Todd and can do what they're good at to fight back. And the people are the ones that are going to save this, not don't rely on politicians. Trust me, it ain't going to happen with them. And, you know, kind of explain, uh, you know, the, the insanity with net neutrality. You know, we have, we have all these things that, the government tries to put forth with their bills and their legislation, net neutrality being one of them, you know, it, it, that, that really is about, I mean, that's one of the things that you're talking about of the sneaky stuff that these tech companies do, right? I mean, they'll tell you how great net neutrality, neutrality is, but in reality, it's a huge danger. I mean, but that's just one of many things that they try to put forth, right? Well, do you remember, do you ever hear about, remember how they were going after talk radio and how that talk radio needed to be regulated because no liberal talk radio sites could make it? Remember Air America that couldn't make yeah. it? And it, the only cons, conservative talk radio because it's an alternative media. Thank God there it still exists because it's really yeah. the probably the least regulated uh, industry available to get content out now. But so you don't hear about them trying to regulate talk radio anymore because now now everything's become digital and now they're controlling digital. They see that 
their masters are in charge. So they're not so much on the net neutrality bandwagon anymore because they don't need they don't need government to step in. The leaders of big tech will do it for them without uh, you know without the government getting involved. So that that's that's where we're at is uh, and you know we don't want to be the antithesis of that. We don't want to go in and say oh now we're the left and we want to regulate digital and we want you to do this and that because again you're just putting it in the hands of the bureaucrats and the deep state. And we all know yeah. who they support. The only way is to get this back to the free market, level the playing field, and the free market has built this country. It's, it'll save the country if it truly is a free market and a level playing field. Right. No, I hear you. Absolutely. Um, I do want to ask you, tell, tell, us everybody, tell everybody about your, um, your app, your Feed Me app. Yeah, sure. Well, that was – you know, it literally, this is how my brain functions, It's which is, I don't care if you're a trillion-dollar Facebook. You know, you come after me. This is my little Trump in me. I'm going to come back at you twice as hard. I don't care who you are. So my fighting back was, all right, you're going to shut my, down my extremely successful Tea Party News Network business. Well, I'm going to figure out a way to get around you. And so back after they shut me down in 2015, I started to develop, it was a different app called Freedom Vine, which was more political. But when I joined forces with Liftable and Floyd Brown, who's the founder of Citizens United, by the way, um, he, we decided to make a true platform that was truly free speech. We didn't want to go the other way and just be, oh, just conservative stuff and all you nutty liberals. Like, I'll, I'll debate a liberal any day and bring on, I, I'll I want more speech, not less. So we we truly just wanted to design it. So it was a super feed. So we actually have approval with Facebook and Twitter, at least for now. So when you when you join FeedMe, it merges in your your uh, who you're following on on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, and it puts it in a super feed, and then you can direct follow. Like let's say you're reading Breitbart or the Wall Street Journal. We have thousands of direct uh, media that you can you select, but see, you're controlling your feed. So even the stuff that's coming from Facebook, so let's say you're following Trump on, on Facebook, and Facebook is suppressing Trump, which they do. You're getting their posts directly from Trump before it hits the algorithm. So uh, our app pulls it off the page, and then you can say, I want to see a lot of Trump. So you turn up our little volume, and all the Trump posts go at the top of your newsfeed. I want to see more of Breitbart. I want to see less of the Daily Beast. So every individual controls their newsfeed. It's not these algorithms where some, you know, ideological person, whether it's right or left, gets to decide the content that you see. You get to decide. And then you have so you have a super feed. So instead of going to Twitter and Facebook and Breitbart and Wall Street Journal, you just open feed me and all that content is in one super feed. And then you can create like a mini feed that we cause. So let's say, Oh, I just want to read sports today and I'm following uh, ESPN and sports illustrated. And so I have a mini feed and I'm just going to pull up my mini feed and just read sports right now. So this it's, it's giving you the user, the control back the way Facebook and Twitter used to be. And you still get to read the content, and then you get to interact with it too. So you get to comment, 
and you go back and forth with other people on that content. You get to share it uh, all the different ways. And it's, we're just trying to give people the control back to their news feed that they lost within the past two or three years. And then you'll, you may see these smaller grassroots media companies on both sides uh, start to return. And it's not just political. So you can, you can get on there and follow TMZ and the Food Channel and all the content they put out. But the, the, the main difference to it is um, that you control what's showing in the feed. And, uh, and there's, again, there's a volume control on each bit of content. So you're like, no, I don't want to see uh, the Wall Street Journal as much. I'll turn down the volume a little but I want to see more of Breitbart or whatever. And then pretty soon you've got the perfect feed and no one's, no one's getting in between that content and what you want to see again, like it used to be in the old days. So that's feed me. It's in beta testing. Now you can, you can do the beta testing. There's about 3000 people on just search in iOS, uh, Apple or, uh, in Samsung, um, and our app is in there. It's feedme.app, and you can. We're in beta test now, but it'll be fully marketed and released within the the next, oh, probably four to six weeks. And uh, it's running pretty smoothly. We're just trying to get any last bugs out before we do a major marketing push. And Liftable has 42 million followers, so we're going to let all those people know we have relationships with publishers like Breitbart and Daily Caller and uh, Concerta Review. So they're going to push their audience to sign up on their page on FeedMe so they can regain their audience that they lost on Facebook and Twitter, even people like yourself. So you, you, uh, you know, you're getting suppressed. Your show's not getting to as many people through your, your, your stuff. You, you push your audience. You know, it doesn't mean you have to give, give up Facebook or Twitter but you get your audience built on feed me, then all of a sudden, Oh wow, they're starting to see all of my content now. And that's what we're hoping for that, uh, uh, happens. Herman Cain just become a major investor of it. He's our spokesperson. Uh, he's been meeting with Trump. Trump actually said to him, give me a solution. If once this thing's up, if, if when he goes back and we've got Trump out there, uh, endorsing, our platform uh, and getting people to come to it. That's how we're going to win this in the long run is to get people off these other platforms. Not so much, again, you don't have to cancel it, but if we can build it and pretty soon you don't need the other platform, then that's where we've achieved the result. And, you know, is it, is it an app or is it just a database for now? It's an app. Yeah, it's an app. And Very nice. Trust how me, long have you been building? How long it. have you been building the app for? Well, again, I the concept started right after my Tea Party News Network got shut down in 2015. But when I merged with Liftable and Western Journal, we officially kicked off the new FeedMe version, uh, the aggregate version, and we've got we've got three developing teams all across the the world. We've got one literally in Arizona here. We've got one in Israel. We've got one in Ukraine. And for all different reasons, we've been spending a lot of investing a lot of money and a lot of really intelligent people to build this very unique app. But um, uh, what was your question? I'm sorry. 
Oh yeah, I was just seeing. I was just seeing if you if you already had an app because I own an app company. I, I've been building apps for like six seven years, so that's really cool though. I, I think it's great what you're doing. I've seen everything. Though. Yeah, I've seen so I've bu- I've built so many apps in my life, but I love what you're doing. I think it's great. Well, you know how hard it is to get approved, and but yeah. we're going to have the ability for for people to to get their content directly. So if in time, you know that. Uh, Facebook and Twitter, whatever, um, you know, who knows what they'll do. They could cut us off at some point, even though we're not, we're not professing ourselves as a political site. We're not going to censor other than something that's illegal or, or, you know, pornographic or something like that, but we're not going to um, do what they do and label something hate speech or too liberal or whatever. Just let, content be out there let people just decide what they want to see and what they don't want to see and they can control their own feed but uh yeah it's incredibly hard to build an app as you know and expensive yeah and uh but we're it's been about a year and a half in the making and about you know a couple million dollars invested and a lot more going to be invested soon and uh oh yeah oh yeah this is like a serious well, to, to go up against these platforms, you have to. You yeah. can't just try to monkey around with it and try to build some half-baked thing. You have to do it the right way. And it can't be buggy, meaning our audience right. can't get something and have it glitch out or something. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be user-friendly. I mean, we spent time and time just on the feel and the graphics and the scroll but you know, after the show, go download it. Let us know how you feel. Anyone in your audience as well. Uh, again, we're yeah. in the beta test now, but you can right. comment on things you like or don't like. And but then the full the full version will come out in about four to six weeks. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, I do want to ask you. Uh, we have a few minutes left. I do want to ask you another question. I do want to take a quick commercial. Uh, but everybody, please stay with us. And Todd, if you can stay with us, uh, we will be right back. Stay with us, everybody. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRay Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaySecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, Please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. 
Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind the scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Um, Todd, you're still with us? I'm here. Excellent. I know my panel has some questions. Uh, Michael Valsi, I'll go to you. Go ahead, Michael. Todd, certainly a pleasure listening to you speak. Uh, you covered a lot of subjects and it was very informative. I agree 100% on uh, the social media sites. I'm a little bit more optimistic, I think, with uh, President Trump than I would be with anybody else in the White House. I think little by little the deep state is being eradicated. And when you look at the mainstream media, people are people are just being lied to straight up. I mean, Things are censored. The actual news is censored. Things that are said are twisted. Uh, if you listen during the day, just to some of the regular programming, I'm not even talking about news programming. It just trashes the president. They're pulling out all stops in a last-ditch effort. They can't stop what's, gonna, what's happening. And I believe over time, you get the, the deep state people out of big tech, you get them. You you get them out of the uh, out of the uh, mainstream media. Then I think things start to change. And then, like I said, you know, whatever the ideas you had were just awesome. And as far as you know, not regulating them, maybe deregulating them. But if you have the right people in there, then we're working towards the American agenda. You know, uh, uh, capitalism at work, and other companies could come in. I also believe that big tech can get too big, but I'm a little bit more optimistic. I mean, when you stop and look at Facebook, I mean, that's the old DARPA lifelong program. 
that was actually operated by the CIA, the rogue CIA, I should say. Uh, you know, they they pretty much been outed. It's been all over the media. People still choose to put their information out there. I don't anymore, but uh, that's up to them. But I I do foresee things improving. I think this four years under under this president, uh, a lot of things happen behind the scenes that people aren't aren't aware of. I think four more years down the road, you're going to see a lot of big changes. I think you're going to see some changes before the election, but I think you're going to see some major changes. But, yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, uh, your platform sounds very, very interesting. Absolutely. Um, Mike Peters. Mike Peters in New York. Go ahead. Yeah, I want to thank you really for an interesting interview, an outstanding job. Um, and you know, something it's, it's, there are a lot of people that we're all aware that this is going on and there are a lot of different groups that are being impacted by this. It's not just conservative. It's not just on the political side, but it's anything, any social issue that they don't agree with or that they want to shut down or they feel that they can manipulate or they're doing it to Now, as, as Rory knows, I've collected military. I'm a, a bit of a historian specializing in World War II and there are private and some of them are secret Facebook uh, pages that are just for collectors and historians where we discuss artifacts, where we're talking about a certain battle, a specific look at this bringback. Here's a German helmet that came out of Normandy. Oh, this grouping came out of the Hurtigan Forest. Uh, nope. All of a sudden now over the past month and a half, Facebook has been on a binge. They've been deleting these pages, not, and they're not giving us any reason why. They're shutting down the pages. And also, we're still, dealing, we're still dealing with collectors. PayPal, just as you mentioned, stopping, shutting down accounts because you're buying Militaria. Or, or involved for a while there, it was with if you were buying or involved with firearms that they were stopping it. Well, now they're going after military collectors. So, and none of them know what to do. A lot of the pages are migrating, going over to MeWe. And I don't really know much about that page, but they're desperate to do something and go somewhere because we're losing these pages. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. You want to respond to that, uh, Todd? Oh yeah, but excellent comments from both. I, I, the, the the first comment on on being more optimistic. I, I'm optimistic, cautious, cautiously optimistic on where we're going now. Uh, that we're starting to see these antitrust suits and so forth. But no, I agree with that. If we didn't have President Trump in there, it, it would be really, really bad. It'd be because, over. It would be uh, over. Uh, yeah, I mean, but here's here's the genius of of Donald J. Trump, and I followed this man. Being a marketing guy, you know, this this is like, you know, for us marketing geeks, this is like he's like the rock star before the president thing. So when he started running, I'm like, and everyone's this guy can't win. I'm like, oh. Don't you doubt this guy. This guy is probably one I of the biggest. I knew he was going to win the minute he came down that escalator, just the confidence. Yeah. Um, and so the genius of Donald Trump, he's he's playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. checkers. So uh, <laughs> you've got – he's trolling and he's calling these cockroaches out. So yeah. how they're reacting and how big tech's reacting, how the media just hates him – 
is it's calculated on his part. He's exposing right. what we've all, you know what Rush Limbaugh and we've all been talking about for decades now the the left bias. Well, now they've been trolled, and now they're showing who they really are, and big tech's just following. So you're right. Exposing them is, is the first, you know, the first way to, to get, solve the problem and so forth. And it, it is, it, we've exposed them. Um, people are smarter than, than the bureaucrats give the American people for. You're right. These, uh, it's just a shame. You know, they're trying to tear down our traditions. Uh, our, our military, gosh, just the, the brave, amazing things that these heroes have done. They're trying to tear down statues yeah. of, of of our founding fathers, and it's yeah. just going to keep going. I mean, Facebook actually took down posts of Mother Teresa and the, the, the Declaration of Independence calling it hate speech and then had to put them back up. So he's, he's yeah. right. All this while, is exactly all what they're doing. enabling Muslims in, in the Quran. They enable the Quran, but they call Mother Teresa offensive. Right. So both both comments were were spot on, and I do I am optimistic. But the people have to get behind. If the people don't get behind this, kind of like they did in the Tea Party movement, how they did at our founding when we had to fight King George. I mean, this is one of those yep. moments. And if you people don't do this, then that's how we'll lose. If you're leaving it up to other people or, or politicians, that's how it would fail. If we all get behind this, we can win. Okay. No, I agree. I agree with you 100%. And uh, it's really been a pleasure having you here. Um, please tell everybody where they can connect with you, where they can find your book, where they can uh, all that good stuff, promote whatever you want. Yeah, well, like I said, uh, go to BigTechTyrants.com, and our petitions there, I please encourage you to all sign that. It's going to the Department of Justice and the, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, to go after them in the two areas I, I stated, antitrust, monopoly, and to, to um, go after them on Section 230 protections. And then the books on, <laughs> the books on Big Tech, they haven't banned it yet, but who knows? Uh, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble have it. We also have it at Patriot Depot, which is owned by Liftable Media. So if they ever if they ban it, we'll be able to still sell it through uh, through Patriot Depot. But uh, I, I wouldn't I, if I if they banned it, I wouldn't be surprised because we're we're calling them out in it. But uh, learn learn and get educated as much as you can, and stay in the news and just get involved is all I can say. But the book is at BigTechTyrants.com or Barnes and Noble and Amazon. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we really appreciate having you here, and we'll have you back soon. Thank you so much, Todd. Sounds uh, great. You're, you're, ama- you're amazing, and you're, you're a very talented individual. Uh, and like I said, like I said, we'll definitely have you back, and I'm wishing you all the best. Well, without you guys doing what you're doing, you're yeah, amazing too. Without uh, talk radio and podcasts, I mean, this is really the only way we can get the message out. So God bless you guys for doing what you're doing. God, God bless you too, Todd, and I'll definitely talk to you sooner. I think I have some stuff that you might be interested in, so we'll definitely talk. Take care. Bye-bye. All righty. Michael Valsi, please tell everybody where they can connect with you. Great show tonight, Rory. I enjoyed listening to Todd Sarafati. He was uh, he was excellent. Um, 
can find me on Twitter at Michael Balsi. I haven't changed my Twitter handle yet, even though uh, Shadow Banning seems to be uh, have found me. Uh, but that's where I'm at, at Michael Balsi on Twitter. D-A-L-S-I. Absolutely, my friend. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Mike Peters, go ahead. Well, I want to thank you for having me on tonight. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm right here. Thank you for having me okay, on tonight. And uh, we had a wonderful show. Thank you again. And look forward to the next show. Thank you. All right. We'll see you tomorrow, Mike. Thank you. Always a pleasure. It has been quite the show tonight, and there are people on the line that I promise I will get to tomorrow or, or the next show, either tomorrow or Thursday. We have two more shows this week. Um, it's It's – been a, a very crowded show i've you know i've had so much to cover and during these shows my head is always going 100 miles an hour so I'm, i always try to cover everything and, and if i don't i definitely be am sure to cover it on the on the following episode which i you know like i always say stuff i didn't get to tonight i will get to on the next episode just want to read a few headlines before we go um you know, actually, no, actually, I read most of them earlier of what's really going on. But, you know, just going back into this whole, you know, this whole race, race baiting war, this crap really needs to stop. And I'm seeing more racism these days from black, from black, from black liberals than I am seeing from white people. I mean, the, the racism from the left, I'm saying how white people are the enemy, white people need to stop attending colleges with blacks, all this stuff, white, white people need to give slavery reparations, white people are responsible for all the madness going on, it's unreal, it's scary, uh, you know, I, something needs to change here, uh, you know, this, this whole race war, the, Dem- the Democrats have taken this to a whole new level of insanity, I mean, we have people saying, we have white signs on the side of the road, you know, painting white people in the worst possible way. Imagine if that was the other way around. I mean, the double standard here is unbelievable. And don't forget that 85% of CEOs in America are white, 85%. So these white CEOs are giving minorities all these opportunities to make a huge impact on their, to make a huge impact in their life. And then we have these Democrats trying to say that whites are the enemy. I still have yet to witness any sort of racism from my party, uh, especially white people. Does it happen? I'm sure it does. But does it happen to the extent that the media reports it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It is so over the top. Um, I'm worried we're going back into the 60s with, with some of this ideology. I mean, and in some ways we already have. But it's something to really keep an eye on. Because this is no joke. The most targeted individual right now is a white Christian conservative. You know, this this is, um, yeah, this is something I'm definitely going to get into on the next episode a lot more, for sure. And uh, this, this whole Black Lives Matter stuff and these, the, you know, these groups on the left, it's nothing but hate. It's not, you know, there, there's no, there, there's no Martin Luther King left. There, there's no, Martin Luther King was for everybody. You know, that's the difference between him and somebody like Barack Obama. And I miss people like Martin Luther King because right now he could, 
he could change this world. And the reason they killed him is because he wanted he wanted to be for everybody. And when the Democrats wanted to put everybody in boxes. So, I mean, you know, we're dealing with a lot right now. Uh, definitely get into this on the next episode. Uh, you know, this whole gun stance with NASCAR and Walmart and all these different companies, you know, going against what America was built on, you know, this is it's not okay. It's not okay. And, you know, it's uh, something that really needs to have a, have a close, a close eye on. Um, and it's going to, it's going to keep developing. There's going to be more and more companies that uh, gang up on us and uh, try to take away our rights. I mean, this is, this is what's happening. This is the reality right now, people. Anyways, guys, I want to thank all my, I got to go. The, the time's out though. I could go on all night. You know that. But I want to thank all my audience, my co-hosts, my guests, and sponsors. You are all incredible. We will see you all tomorrow night. Huge show planned. Can't wait to be with all of you. Uh, I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. God bless, everybody. Cheers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.